Hey guys, Derek Marceau here with Valley Farm Market and Behind the Smoke. Sean is in Bulgaria, so this is the first time I've ever done an episode of Behind the Smoke by myself. Um, so we uh, pulled in the, the heavyweights to come in and uh, give you guys the best show we can give you. We are excited that our friend Chad Ward is here from uh, Traeger Grills. He's a director of marketing, and he's all the way... You're at Florida? Yeah. Yeah, so he's in Florida. He came all the way out here, spending some time, and we've tried to get him on the podcast a few times, tried to get him over at uh, the MBBQA, and um, you know now here we are. So welcome, and thank you so much for... Uh, Shooting the shit with us today, man. Hey, bro. Great, great to be here. Yeah, we're we're happy we could uh, fill you up with some of your your pokey and uh-huh. uh, your tri tip and your beans. So, um, welcome. And we actually, uh, you know, we pulled some of our our listeners, and we, they have a lot of questions for you. So sure. We're, we're gonna probably start off with some of those questions and kind of just shoot the shit. And this episode is gonna come out on Fourth of July. So uh, if anyone's listening, they can kind of get some tips and. Uh, go over what they want to do but um and we'll give a shout out to to sean listening in bulgaria hopefully he's having fun he'll be back uh, the week after and we'll go from there but um we have mike sally 619 wanted to ask what is the best wood to use for brisket um i would say for brisket you know it's funny we were talking about this off off air a second ago you know, brisket's that that big cut of meat, so you want to season it really well, and you want to want to put something that's going to stick to it. So I would stay away from the fruit woods, um, the apples, those kind of things. I don't think that's going to work for for beef and a bigger cut like that. Um, I would tend more to go for your hickories, your oaks, your post oaks. Um, not a huge fan of mesquite and right. unless you really kind of know what you're doing. It can overpower the meat pretty quick. And, it can, yeah, it can get pretty bitter pretty quick. And, and that's one thing, I, you know, when it comes to anything that, that I try to always preach in classes, et cetera, is all you're doing with smoke, seasoning, sauces is elevating the meat. And you should never cover it up. It should never overpower it. It should never change what it is. Right. It's just, I kind of call it the high heels and the lipstick. It just it just makes the meat a little prettier. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. Absolutely. I think people get lost and don't understand that. Brisket is a weight-bearing muscle. Yep. So it's a huge muscle that's used all the time to propel the the animal. And when it's used, you have to break that that brisket down. And like you said, we were talking about it before. Breaking down the briskets, you're ninety percent of doing it right. Yep. It's it's the temperature. It's it's not necessarily the wood all the time, but it's it's how you're going through the process. And you know, some people like to you know take the decal out and then they'll wrap the flat and the point and do different things to it and. You know, for us, we've we've kind of saw that simplicity is a big, big thing for our briskets. And yep. Not not trying to do too much and overwhelm the the cut and just taking it off at the right temperature helps us out. So um, that you know that's kind of our take on brisket as well. Just not making you know the the wood itself isn't the biggest drive. It's it's the the way you're doing it. Absolutely. Um, yeah. The, the process. Yeah. So we have another question for you. It's uh, what um, from Ms. Ark, I guess that's Mark, uh, making sweet and hot pork ribs. Um, do you use a hot rub, sweet rub, um, and why? Um, for me, I usually go the aspect of a sweet rub with a spicier sauce if you want the, the two to go. Mm-hmm. One, you're going to get a little better color because the sweet rub is going to have a little bit of sugar in it. Laws, it's like a turbinado sugar and not a not a... Uh, fine grind sugar it's going to give that nice kind of brownish mahogany caramelization look and then i think i i I think you can control the heat better 
with sauce than you can with rub because as you cook it even with ribs you know four and a half five hours the the strength of that that spice is going to dull out a little bit so I think if you're really going for the spicy put it on at the sauce level and get your sweet at the rub level are you doing uh baby backs or are you doing spare um when i cook at home i do baby backs um when i'm competing obviously it's spares cut down into st louis right um the one thing i will say too if you if you go down that baby back route is always make sure you know sometimes you have some of that loin meat kind of left on there always make sure and shave that down to even so that you know, you've got a nice juicy bite right because if you don't that loin meat's just sitting out there drying out the whole cook it's definitely a lean piece and, of meat yeah for sure yeah so uh so that's just one little tip i throw out there also what got you into cooking with uh traeger how did that all come about so it, it came about right after um Right after Jeremy Andrus and the venture capital company bought Traeger. Which was how long ago? So about four and a half years. Okay. So probably nine months into that, um, find, running a guy named Denny Bruce, which is our number two guy at Traeger, senior vice president of sales marketing. And uh, just got to talking. He told me what they were doing with the brand and how they were going to, you know, kind of take it on and, and what some of their thoughts were. And did I want to be a part of it? You know, first off, they wanted to know if I would be open to carrying Traeger in the store. And then, uh, hey, would you like to, you know, be part of our pro team? And we're going to start this whole shop class thing. Love for you to be a part of it. Da, da, sure. da. And, um, then did that year, year and a half. And then two years ago, they created this director of barbecue marketing role. And, uh, I was kind of burnt out on the software business. And, <laughs> you know, why not go, you know, I'm super fortunate to get to work for a brand that I love doing what I love. Um, and then just, you know, the community that we have is, is folks that cook on Traeger is, uh, getting to kind of manage that and spearhead that, you right. know, on the barbecue side of it is just awesome, you know, to be able to help, you know, help people become better at barbecue, but then also allow them a platform to share their passion and meet other people with, you know, like interest. Yeah, it's for me, it was really cool to see the shift in Trigger yeah. once that happened. Um, you know, the the support people got, and we talked about it a little bit, we touched before we were on air, but the added value you can give a consumer is the biggest thing you want to do. Yes. So when they came in, you can tell by having guys like you that are, are doing it all, they're giving their consumer an added value. You're talking to the people, your foot, your foot on the ground, boots on the ground, going, talking, doing cooking classes, showing everybody everything. I mean, that's what's important because that consumer is going to become more vested in what you're doing. I, I completely agree with you. And, and that's, you know, it, it's one of the things that, you know, when Jeremy tells a story about why did he buy the company, he said, um, you know, I've, I've done due diligence on a ton of consumer product group brands, he said, but I kept hearing over and over when we would interview owners that they would say, dude, this product changed my life. Right. This product changed my life. It changed the way I gather with my family. It changed the way I, I interact with my friends. And he's like, dude, nobody says that about a consumer product. And right. so when you make that investment in the brand, that's the thing you want to drive even more home. You know what I mean? Is is making sure people still feel that value and that love. And, uh, and it is changing people's life in a positive manner, you know? Yeah, there's nothing more important than breaking bread. You know, no. I mean, when you're with somebody and people that you care about, and, you know, I always talk about Trigger and People are like, you know, is it is it a good smoker? Is it bad? I'm like, look, it's it does its job. It's phenomenal for the backyard smoking. Yep. I mean, it's absolutely great. Where you can go outside, put on your brisket, put on your pork butt, put on whatever you want to, click it, forget about it, or you know, obviously come back and tend to it as much as you want. But you can have it set at a time. You can come back, serve great food, and everyone's just like, wow, yeah, that, that was awesome. You well, know and, and you get to enjoy your company that way too. You're not absolutely. up all night throwing a log every forty five minutes. You know what I mean? You know, sometimes, you know, I mean, I, I grew up on on a stick burner, you know what I mean? And a lot of times, man, I get to the, the party time and you're just like, 
crashed out on the couch and everybody's eating, wanting to tell you how good it is. And you're just like, dude, can I get a 30 minute nap here real quick and try to rally back? And no one understands. Like my mom would always be like, Hey, you know, like, do you want to come over and like, I would cook, I would do all this stuff. I'd be working and, and getting all this food ready. And they're like, come and enjoy. I'm like, I, I, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm absolutely beat. It's been 13 hours of just getting up and making sure everything's perfect and yep. making sure the temperatures are right and doing that. And, you know, having a Traeger when we bought the Com 200, it was a, a great thing to be able to just say, okay, here's our ribs. Yep. They're on at this time. They're going to come off at this time. And it was great for us to be able to take them off and have a consistent product yep. that, you know, that, that worked for us and, and worked for my employees to understand, you know, biggest thing for us is consistency sure and if you don't have that in a barbecue restaurant you're, you're going to be out of business really really quick it, it will definitely hurt you. you know people get used to hey i'm coming in this is my favorite item and you know it, it's hard to have off days yeah. you know are you still doing competitions man i i if i ever had time i'd love to i've only <laughs> right. i've only done one this year um and it was actually we were filming the the new infomercial for traeger uh-huh. at it so wasn't really a hundred percent Right. Focused on it. Finished finish mid-pack. It was nothing to be proud of. Right. Um, but no, I, I would love to, uh, you know, it's kind of hard. I mean, I've, I've done competition now for 11 years. The last two years, not a bunch because of being so busy with Traeger. But it's also like competition world's always going to be there, dude. These right. kind of cool opportunities with, with a brand like this aren't, aren't always, you know, you, you don't know how long they're going to be. So you got to kind of, you know, do your job and enjoy it as much as you can. And um, hopefully the comp world will still be there when I get more free weekends. But uh for now, I would love to do more, but it's not worth, you know, I'm really enjoying what I get to do with Traeger. I think that's important for people to to grasp. It's, yeah. uh, when opportunity presents itself, you have to be ready to, to jump on sure. it. And, you know, we talk about all the time how people are stuck behind a desk doing something that they don't really care about or, you know, driving to work, white knuckling the fucking wheel because you're so mad that you have to do another yep. fucking day at this job. And when the opportunity presents itself to do something that you love, you have to take advantage of it because you don't, like you said, yeah. you don't know when it's not going to be there. And no. If you didn't jump on it, you'd be still doing not not to say you hated what you did, but you right. definitely don't love it as much as what you're doing now. No, no, and, and even for me, I mean, I I walked away from a ton of money in the software business to to you know I might, so I don't like doing the math on how much you know how much, <laughs> right. you, but but for me it was kind of like you know it's not a game of who dies with the most money. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's it's. It's, you know, what experiences have you had? What, you know, what legacy will you leave? Those kind of things that, that really matter to me when you when you kind of look at it when it's all said and done. How many lives can you impact? Yeah. That type of stuff. Um, and I just didn't know that, you know, rolling out RFID software systems was impacting that many people's lives. You know yeah. what I mean? No, absolutely. But, uh, hey, if you can teach a handful of people to cook good brisket, you, you've done all right. You know what I mean? The the smile on people's faces when you get yeah. done. And we, we get it a lot here where it's you're – teaching the customer how to do it yep. and i think that's important for people like don't hold everything so close chested right no, like yeah. i, I want to explain and like show you and but i want you to mess up i yep. want you to mess up a few yep. times to understand yep. that you, you it's it's sensitive but you i can see them when they start walking down the aisle and like they're looking at me and they have a smile on their face yep. i'm like oh you fucking nailed something yeah like, what, what, what did you do they come back to that, that fucking tri-tip i did what you said and it was so much better than you know this there's nothing more valuable for me or it, it excites me so much rather than just a transactional quick dollar thing yep. it, it's about like that feel man i'll tell you what we have the same mantra with our businesses because when you look at whiskey and barbecue supply you know how do you compete with Amazon? You know right. what I'm saying? People could probably go buy everything that's in my store on Amazon. I, I'm, we're not a transaction-based business. We're a relationship-based business. Right. You know what I'm saying? We want people to come in, grab a cold beer, sit down, tell me what you're cooking this weekend. 
Let me let me let me throw some new rubs at you to try. You know what I'm saying? Everything we have is open. Added value. So, so you can taste every rub, you can taste sure. every sauce. That type of thing to where, you know, hey, you know what I mean? My customers have my phone number, right. you know, and, and just will text me on a Saturday, like, hey man, I talked to Danny at the store and he walked me through brisket, but I kind of forget this part. Like, dude, here's what you want to do, you know, and, and that's customer for life. You know what yeah. I mean? Because that's a relationship now and a solid one and not just a transaction. So I completely agree with that. Another quick thing about teaching. Um, I got to give props to the guy I consider to be kind of the the godfather of barbecue in Florida, a guy named Rub Bagby from Swamp Boys. Mm-hmm. Um, Rub was a great mentor to me when I started, uh, still a dear friend and a great mentor. And um, I remember going over to him, and, and he would never give it to you straight out until he started. You know, he, I went to his first class he ever did, um, one of the greatest decisions I made. But before <laughs> that, he um, he would always say, well, tell me what you're doing. And so I'd walk him through my cooking process, and he would go, well, hey, why don't you try this next time? I never give you more than two or two things at the most. But sure. it was all Because he wanted you to see – one, he wanted to make sure you were doing it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Two, he wanted you to, to see the progression of, hey, it's going to take three or four practice cooks to really get this dialed in yeah. and kind of set that, that mindset with you. And, um, and, dude, it's something I take to this day, and it's kind of try, how I try to help people if – if they say, you know, I'm, I'm not going to give you my whole competition brisket program, but if you're struggling, tell me what you're doing, and I may take one of the steps that's been really successful with me and share it with you, you know? Yeah, no, it's it's awesome. I mean, we were talking about pretty much the same thing, because it's very, very cool to see just that progression. Instead of wanting to do the best brisket ever and have the best brisket, trust the process. Yep. Understand that the process is the best part about it. Yeah. It is, it's making a shitty brisket yeah. to making a mediocre, br- mediocre brisket to making a phenomenal one. And then going back and like, fuck, I made a perfect one. Now I fucked up again. What did yeah. I do? What did yep. I do wrong? Yep. But you have to trust that process. And once you start doing that, that's where your education comes in. That's where you start to learn and you start to say, okay, brisket isn't really a temperature thing. It's a feel thing. You got to make right. sure you feel that thing and Man. make sure it's, it's I always call it that room tip butter test. Yeah. You know, you, you leave a, a stick of butter out for a couple hours on a table, take your thermo pen and, and put it in there and you get that kind of slide through and a little bit of resistance in the middle. That's perfect. Cause you want that little bit of resistance there because you want that, you know, for that next three, four degree carryover cook, when you pull it off, it should be perfect. Right. No, I, I agree. And I think another place where people, I, I do also believe, you know, I, I try to teach everybody to be able to cook with what they can afford. But if you're ever going to splurge on a piece of meat, the difference in prime and choice on brisket or, you know, Wagyu, you know, is is hands down. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, you guys are like fortunate out here. I know you can pick up prime brisket sometimes for three fifty four bucks a pound, mm-hmm. which is a we don't have that luxury in Florida. Right. And um, you know, to me, it's just worth that extra seventy five cent or dollar a pound because because you just you're starting with a better product, you know? And you have to understand, too, that the cooking times are a little bit different on yeah. this, too, um, especially with the Wagyu. It's For us, the intermuscle marbling cooks a lot faster. Oh, yeah. So you have to make sure that you're, yeah. you're sensitive to that. Completely agree. Once all that fat gets hot, it's like it's, <laughs> it's, it's really, own little inferno inside, and it just cooks quicker. Yeah, yeah, it cooks a lot quicker. So people that don't understand or don't know or aren't educated on the diff- difference between choice and prime, one of the big things <clears throat> is – Choice is the top 20%. Prime's the top 2%. Yep. So you can have a, a choice. If it's still grading choice, but it's on that bottom echelon of choice, there's a big variance between that choice and the prime. T- prime being the top 2%, with the pH balance in the rib section grading that high, I mean, you're, you're going to get a pretty consistent, consistently good product all the time. Yep. And it's, you know, like you said, when you have those, 
the taste, the texture, everything. Like, I mean, for lack of a better term, how creamy it feels yes. when you, when you yeah. it's like, man, it's just a big, big difference. If you, if you have the luxury of, of paying a few extra bucks a pound and your brisket's 12 pounds, so you're paying an extra 25 bucks. Like, I really suggest doing yeah. that, making yeah. sure that you're starting with the best product. You know how to, especially if it's a birthday party or anniversary or something, man. Don't don't right. be that guy. And it's even it's even in the seasoning to use. Yes, yeah. We, we always talk about making taking quality seasonings. You know, Gene Goycacheo is big on that. He's yep. like, look, stop starting with shit. <laughs> yeah, it's, yep. it's not it's not going to work if you make sure you're you're using the the better ingredients, and that's what's going to happen in it. You know, we do that with tri tip as well. It's like, man, it's it really you can really taste it, taste the difference, and it's really important to make sure that you're you're doing all those things if you can you know if, yeah. if you can afford it you know well e- even if it's you know e- even if you know you're, you're on a limited budget and you're then you're making your own rubs just take the steps you know make sure you seal them back up tight make sure you're keeping them in a you know a, a, a dry dark place so you don't have any of the uv exposure those type of things that are just simple enough depending on what quality you know regardless of what quality you're starting with but to, to me i look at it too as Having a store, people come in, you know, oh, eight bucks for a rub. And it's like, yeah, but you're going to have to use a third as much of this rub because it is so fresh, because it, it, it is pretty potent. You don't want, you don't have to go heavy like you would with some salt first, right? you know, regular off the store type rub, you know? Do you guys have an e-commerce site? We do. Yeah, Whiskey Mint BBQ Supply. Okay. We actually just dropped a great shirt on there for Fourth of July. Shit, I gotta pick one up. <laughs> well, I, I, I can get you one out here. Where is it? But, uh, uh, at your website? Yeah, yeah. Whiskey Mint BBQ Supply. Okay. Um, we actually are right in the middle of. It's up operational, doing well, but here in the next probably two weeks, you'll see it kind of a complete facelift. So yeah. one of the things you know to kind of switch gears on the entrepreneurial side of things a little bit. You know, and I'm, I'm sh- you know, I'd love to get your take on this, but I've really gotten to the point now with the way everything's kind of growing and, and as busy as life's getting is, you really have to kind of sit down and do kind of a, a self-evaluation. You know, what am I really strong at? What's my team really strong at? And where do we have holes? Mm-hmm. And one of the ones I identified was just creativity. Right. Um, I have a ton of great ideas, um, but I just needed someone to work with to be able to say, hey, convert this idea and thought into this image or into this hat or into this shirt. And went out, found somebody, you know, contract basis, you know, hey, here's the deliverables, here's what you're going to get paid. One of the best, you know, I think sometimes when, when we start these brands, we, it's, it's our name, you know right. what I mean? So we get so, so super protective of it, and, and, and you should. But at the same time, for that business to continue to grow, sometimes you've got to go get some outside help. Just in some areas you're not strong in. doesn't mean you're not a great leader. doesn't mean you don't have a great brand. It just you can't be all things to all people. So know your strengths, play to them, and then your weaknesses, find people that it's their strength and, and bring them on board and work with them. Yeah, for, for us, for the branding and marketing, I was – really good at it but i didn't know how to implement it yeah right so i, yeah. I, had, I had these fucking ideas and i'm yeah. like jesus christ like i can't draw i don't know how to, <laughs> to use yeah. a computer i don't know how to do all that stuff to to photoshop to make it work yeah. exactly the way i want it how, how can i do it and like what you said i i got a, a person that was really really excited i actually mm-hmm. went on craigslist and looked for a few people and found someone that was just fresh out of college and wanted like was thirsty they, mm-hmm. they wanted to do something had her come out we went over ideas told her what I wanted. She made a few things. I'm like, that wasn't my vision. Let's try this. Mm-hmm. And then once she understood me, it just took off. Yep. And it's it's important, like you said, to, to be okay with a, a few changes and, and make things fresh and exciting. Yep. And because people want to be excited. We do different hats all the time. 
we do stuff that's floral pattern for Hawaii. We do stuff that's, you know, we have a fishing crew and a hunting crew because I do a lot of hunting and fishing that people want to be a part of. Now, all of a sudden, I have people that are marketing for me. Yep. They're out hunting. They're taking pictures of their shirt, wanting me to put it on social media. They're putting on their social media, but they're proud of it. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's, it's a brand. They're so proud to be a part of that. And it's an it's important to make sure you're getting out of your own way. It's not like, well, it's not broke. Don't fix it. I don't believe in that. No, like no. We, can, we can make things better. And But it's finding those people that are better than you. We talked about it before. It's If I'm the best at everything in my business, I'm doing something wrong. Yep. I have to hire people. Like I have this, my assistant, Abby, who we talk about a lot on this podcast. But she's absolutely fucking amazing. And she has a very sick mind when it comes to AP and AR. I... I'm good at it. I can do it. I fucking don't like it. Right. I don't yeah. want to fucking write the yep. checks. Yep. I don't want to have to worry about balancing and all that. Yep. I want to know where my checkbook's at, where we're at, what our purchases are, but I don't want to do that. But she loves it. Yep. You want that one pager that you're looking at each day, but, but not, yeah. not, not wanting all the tra- transactions that create that one page. Yeah. And she just, she soaks it up and, but she's better than me at that. Mm-hmm. I have Kat who's our general manager now that's doing just amazing things with our beverages and stuff that, I didn't really even understand. I, I had to get out of my own way. Yep. Right? I had to like, let her go. Yep. Give her some. And then what happens? Now she's even more vested in it. She wants to be a part of it. She's proud of it. She's excited. And it's like all that does is create a work environment that everyone wants to be a part of. Yeah. Because no, they're and, happy to come to work. And the other thing, too, you know, that I've learned about that is, you know, you, you can't just say, hey, I'm letting you do this. you got to empower them. Right. And give them a little bit of ownership of, hey, man, this this is you. This is this is this is yours to, to handle, right? And um, if you've hired the right people, man, pride will take over. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and and it's got their fingerprints all over it. They want it to be the best it can be, mm-hmm. and exactly what we talked about. So I think it's another key cog to it. Also, is you can't just say, "Hey, you know, I want you to take care of this." You got to actually empower people and entitle them to to get it done. I think it's big, and it's, I think it's important to make sure that you're looking out for their growth too. Absolutely. So I have. And I'm not just talking about him because he's here right now, but Corey, right? So he's extremely good at what he does with our social media. And I want nothing more for him than to grow. Mm-hmm. So however we can do it, I want to empower him to make sure that he's getting better. So I don't want him to feel like I'm suppressing him. So yep. no, you can't do this, even though some of his ideas are fucking weird. But I want him to feel like he can go do those things and, and be happy. So when he comes in here, don't shake your head. They're weird. And uh, But I want him to be just be excited. Right? Yeah. So I don't want him to come here and feel like, oh, fuck, here I have to go take a few pictures and post them and do this. Like I want him to have like some of that. You know, he, he goes and he's creating a little stand for the beer and he's doing these and creating different images. And, but it, you can see it excites him. And yeah. I want to yeah. empower that. Like, Hey, keep going with it. Yep. Keep, keep doing that. And it creates, it's contagious, right? Sure. Negativity is contagious. Positivity is contagious. And yep. if I can create a positive work environment, it's going to be contagious for everybody around us. And I didn't have that for 10 years when I first started here because me and my uncle were at each other's throats <clears throat> all the time. Okay. Um, and I never want anyone to feel the way I felt for those ten that years. That tension, that stress, yeah. It's, it's not it's not conducive for the work environment. Yeah. But creating that environment, like I said, getting the right people is is, is important. So how big's your how big's whiskey been? Uh, so we've got a flagship store in Lakeland, so it's uh, about four thousand square feet. That's um, big. Yeah. So we we carry uh, number. You one, carry Trekkers? Uh, yeah. <laughs> we're the I was actually about to say we're the, the number one dealer in Florida, the number two dealer in the southeast. Wood Traeger. Um, we carry Big Green Egg, and we carry Napoleon Gas and Charcoal. 
uh, people want options, you know. Sure. Um, but but we kind of figure out, you know, we we kind of go with the 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 industry leader, um, you know, in each of those each of those categories and go with it. You know what I mean? And 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 be supportive and be able to really be behind just one. You know, I a lot of these you know stores you go in and they'll have you know four different pellet models, you know, and you know every friggin' ceramic that's made. And I'm like, no, I mean, yeah. I'm not. You, one, it just it it chews you up cost wise. Right. And two is you got to believe in something, man. I, I we're there to educate the customer, not just to say, "Hey, anything you want, we carry." But we don't know that we're the subject matter expert on any of it. No, yeah. no, no. My my guys know all those grills backward and frontwards, and can walk you through it. And and that's that's what it's about. And then we carry about 125 different rubs, 75 different sauces. Like I said, all open to taste. Uh, 16 different varieties of wood, about 100 115 accessories. Uh, a lot of thermopins. We saw a lot of Thermoworks product. Um, but that's also because my mantra in teaching is the day you quit cooking based on time and start cooking based on internal temperature, you instantly become a better cook overnight. There's, right. there's no doubt about it. You always got to know the time to budget it, but every animal's lived a different life. You know, we got a couple of country club, you know, country club steers out there, but then you had some that were working, you know, three jobs to get by, you right. know, so... And uh, every, every every animal's lived a different life, so everything's going to finish at a little different temperature. I think people can feel that, too, when they come into a store and know when it's relationship-based. Yeah. Like, because your relationship with Traeger or Big Green Egg, you know, like, you're so vested in them, they can feel that when they come in. Right. So they trust you. Yeah. And they have – your consumer has to have a, a some type of trust in what you're giving them. So downstairs when I'm talking to my consumers about beef, I let them know that I go to the packing houses every year. I travel to other packing houses to see if there's something better. I do that. Well, now they trust what I'm saying when I talk about my chicken. I've mm-hmm. gone to, I've changed my chicken because of going to their place without them knowing and seeing how fucking disgusting it was. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I can't you give can't really my that salmonella, that. listeria risk, any of that stuff. I mean, yeah. literally, chickens just on the fucking floor dead. People, other chickens pecking at it. Yeah. And they're not even doing anything about it. Yeah. I can't consciously be like, okay, guys, yeah. because I'm getting it 30 cents cheaper. I'm going to give it to you. It's not about that, right? Nope. It's not about that transactional thing. Yep. It's about giving the best product we know how to do our yeah, consumer. Yeah, th- th- those people are trusting you with what they're going to feed their family. That's not that's not anything you you take lightly. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I didn't know you had a, an open, so they can come in and open a jar of sauce. Everything's open. So yeah, yeah. It's it's all we actually use a, a wine cooler. We dump all the sauces into twelve ounce bottles. We clean them once a week. Um, so that way, all the huh. sauce is cold and ready. All the rubs are opened up. Um, we swap those out as need be, and um, yeah. So, so I, I just got, I got sick of buying an eight dollar shaker rub because the label was cool and it sounded good, and uh, get it home, open it up, and taste it. And be like, uh, but, you know, I always kept a, uh, I always kept a Rubbermaid container that if a rub sucked. I just dumped it in there, and then when I had to do, like, a charity catering or something, <laughs> I would just mix it all up, taste it, be like, yeah, it needs a little sugar, you know, add in some terminado sugar, and boom, it was the – and then people would go, man, this was excellent. What rub was that? I'm like, it's a long story, man. It's like uh, – that's, that's where rubs go to die. Right. But uh, you can freshen them up, and it still turns out to be all right. But uh, And then we have another store in Dunedin, um, so right outside of Tampa, about an hour from our current store. Um, with with uh, new franchisees that that are really great people, they got a really good charity they're part of. Paul and Donnell, they they're doing a great job. So we'll probably grow some more with them here over the next couple of years. But I mean, our our plan is not to, you know, we're having talks right now with a buddy of mine in Reno about opening one. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so it, it's it's one of those things that we're going to keep the pedal to the metal and just kind of but but grow it up. 
grow at a sustainable pace, right? You don't want to be, uh, you know, we don't want to be taking phone calls in the middle of podcasts. <laughs> um, but we don't want to grow too quick. You know what I'm saying? Not not every not every growth opportunity is the right one. So still protect it. Still, you know, not grow to a, a fact that we can't be there supporting the franchisees and the other folks. So, but it, but it's a good place to be. I mean, we're really enjoying it. Yeah, we we talked about it a little bit before, but it's very <clears throat> important to not overextend yourself and not do something that's not in the best interest of your family and your brand. Yep. Um, we we were kind of touching on people get so excited because they have money thrown at them on something, and I'll just let people know money is the easiest thing to come by. It's the conceptually making sure things work is the hardest. Yep. Um, you know, Sean and I get pitched. <clears throat> so, I mean, we've been given restaurants downtown. People are saying, I will give you my restaurant. I just want out. I want out of my lease. Like, have everything in there. And we still say no. Yeah. Because it's just not, we're not putting our best foot forward. It's just because it's free and we have the money. Like, it, it doesn't work. So, you know, <clears throat> don't be so excited to, to grow. Uh, a great thing my buddy at Otay Mesa Sales, I'll give him a shout out, Chris Merziotis, told me like five years ago. He said, so many people are excited when they get into business and they have a lemon tree, right? And they want fucking 10 lemon trees. But what they didn't do is take care of that one lemon tree and squeeze all the juice out of it. Yep, and prune it and keep it healthy. Yep, yep. Exactly. So you can have one lemon tree giving you just as much juice as the 10 did because they're inefficiently ran. So make sure you take care of that one lemon tree and get all the juice out of it. Then you can go to two. And it didn't strike home because five years ago, I was thinking about opening another store. Now that I'm looking at doing it again, I'm so happy I didn't because I would have signed any fucking lease. Mm -hmm. I would have put myself in a horrible position. I had the money to do it, but it was just, I wasn't taking care. Could have jeopardized this business. Exactly. Yeah. I I, I didn't squeeze. I wasn't squeezing this business. I I wasn't getting all the lemon juice out of this business. And now getting all the lemon juice and, and making sure that we're running efficiently. Procedures are in place. Now my scalability is higher because i know what i can look for so yep. when i go to the next door if my PL is not right whatever it is i'll know back then i was just a fucking young buck i was like i'll take on the world yeah yeah, well, yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it's not gonna happen but it's it's great to hear that you're actually taking that approach and knowing that it's it's you can't do it too fast it's, yeah no you'll you'll it's a recipe for disaster although it sounds amazing and it's like man i'd love to have 10 stores yeah even though my wife wouldn't but um, <laughs> you know it's uh, it's good to hear that you're 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 smart about it and being strategic and you know it's going to be the best thing for your brand yep. and your family um, we had a question uh, from one of our followers was talking about that you like lollipop chicken and why do you <laughs> like lollipop chicken I, so much i uh that's that's completely <laughs> incorrect okay. thank you aaron um so bearded beast barbecue. Oh, bearded. Oh, okay. So I, the, thank you. The, uh, I, I don't like it. It's just a pain in the butt, man. Right. And, um, and for me, you know, the, the hardest thing in competitions that chicken prep. And so it's like, isn't it? Know, yeah. Yeah. Scraping and, the fucking skin. Yeah. Dude, like, ugh. So I've, uh, actually I've gotten lazy on that bit. I found <laughs> if you, uh, if you take and pull the skins off and just jacquard them. Okay. And then I use some meat glue to make it adhere to the skin. Right. Or to the meat. It works. It works. To take, takes your trim time in half. Oh, but, nice. uh, but, but the other thing about, you know, lollipops is just, it's a lot of work for like a bite and a half. Right. Yeah. So I'm more of a, and that's one thing I love about the Traeger too, is like the, the, the place where people light up is when they eat that first boneless, skinless chicken breast. 
that isn't dry as hell from like a gas grill right. and they're like oh my yeah this is why i need to be cooking on traeger you know right. what i mean like it's a big deal um and so yeah I, i'm a yeah lollipops not for me somebody else went to all the effort and they're cooked well i'll eat your lollipops sure, but i'm not right. I'm, don't don't expect to be finding a hundred of them um for me anytime soon so much work we have a competition in spring valley down the road and people do lollipop chicken and it's great and the the ambiance is awesome and it looks fantastic but it's like man that's uh yeah, a wrapping, lot of work yeah, for a few wrapping all the tinfoil around the bone so they don't darken and right. all, yeah um, we got Olav, who's one of our biggest listeners. We actually got him to start a po- podcast in Norway. He does oh, a bunch awesome. of stuff with Traeger. Uh, but he wants to know when you're going to do a Traeger class out in Norway. Man, I don't know. Whenever the powers to be say, hey, Chad, we need you to go to Norway, I would love to. Um, you know, did, did a little bit of time in Europe back in my software days, but haven't had the opportunity to teach over there. Danielle usually does. DivaQ does most of our classes in Europe and just crushes it over there. They they love her to pieces. So, uh She's going to have to have a schedule conflict or something probably for me to get an opportunity because she's just done an amazing job over there and just owns it. And she's awesome. They, they love her to death. So Yeah, I know he, he said he can see the growth of Traeger out in Norway right now. He does a lot of stuff, and he cooks on Traegers, and just seeing the growth, um, he's, he's just all in. He, he's yeah. excited about yeah, it. That's, and you know what? And, and that that's the one thing we're just so fortunate to have is the community of folks that, we, they, that are just – Love the brand, want to support the brand. You know, when, when you've got guys coming to you saying, hey, Chad, um, my local A store, you know, has Traeger. Like, do you think it'd be cool if I just went down there? Like, well, you know, we got pro- we got procedures we go through. But sure, man, let me get you hooked up with the territory, like Rory or, you know, the territory team. And right. let's see what we can do. But, I mean, that's cool when people are so proud of their the product that they want to go out and share it with others and, and try to get other people, you know cooking on Traeger because they know it can uh, change the way they cook. Brand ambassadors without being brand ambassadors. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's and, awesome. and we've actually got a pretty significant ambassador program. Um, that, that's pretty aggressive. We like to take care of people that are interested in the brand or people that have a social media presence and want to cook on the brand. Right. Um, but even too, we, we found, and I think this is interesting in, in social media is it's not all a followers game. Mm. It, it's a, you can have a ton of followers and, and crap engagement. And what we really look for is the smaller accounts that are just you know, posting about Trigger once a day. Right. And they're replying to every question. They're replying to every comment. So their engagement is off the chain. Um, that's really what matters in social media is the engagement in the audience. If you don't have a captive audience and it's just they're getting followed because, you know, five other people followed them and it's the cool thing to do, but no one's really paying attention to the content, what have you really Gained. Yeah, Ari Siegel, who was on our, our last uh, podcast, who was the president of uh, the San Diego Goals. He's now the president of um, Immortals. It's an esports company, but he was talking about engagement, how people, <clears throat> their business model is pretty much similar, where it's not about the, the quantity of, and it's, they never once talk about outreach. What's our outreach, right? It's all about who's truly engaging yep. the engagement's what we want yeah i'll take i don't care about my outreach i'll take five engagements more than i'll t- care about how many people saw it you know yeah. and that's that's important to make sure that when people do engage that you're engaging with them because that makes them come on on to the the trigger team well and, and, and what i love you know something i've been doing here recently is um you know, if you're going to come into town maybe you know you don't have to come in a day early but try to leave a night open to where you can go out and say hey you know i want to get you know six trigger ambassadors together and let's just all go have dinner and have a drink and just get to know each other better besides, you know, DMs, emails, and text messages. And people love it. You know what I mean? And right. heck, I'm already in town and 
Traeger's fully supportive of us just getting the community closer and closer, so why not do those kind of things? So going to definitely try to do more of that as I continue to travel around and spread the good word. Again, that's got to be something that's exciting to work for a company that wants you to do that. Oh, for sure, and, yeah. And it's pushing you, and we talk, what we talked about, it's like, man, having an environment that you're working at that wants you to do things like that is so conducive, and it makes it makes you work even harder and, and want to want to support it even more. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, not being based out of Salt Lake City, you know, I try to be there, depending on other travel, at least every third, at the most, every fourth week, and the environment, man, is just it's just great. You know, it's like that. It reminds me of you know, it's, it's weird because it's a thirty year old company, but it still has that very entrepreneurial type startup environment. You know what I mean? Like, well, it kind of did restart itself. Yeah, no, no Don't for, get, for like, sure. Four years ago, like I said before that, it was. You, you can see it was kind of falling off and yeah. it, was, it was getting lost and with all the um, different knockoffs, I mean, you call it a knockoff, whatever you want to call it, um, Green Mountain Girls, whatever, they could see they were kind of taking part of that. But then when Traeger kind of got back in and boots on the ground and yeah. kind of talking to the consumers, you can see it, it was almost like a new company coming up. Yeah, no, 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 for, for sure. You know, we, you know, it was a new company, but it was getting to, it was getting to be restarted on a, a very strong brand. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just how you go out and capture the consumer and the community is what changed really 180 degrees. Yeah. And, and I mean, and just the small stuff. I mean, we release a recipe every day. And that's it's not a small feat. Our culinary team, you know, Austin, Nicole, Marissa, Curtis, those guys just kill it. Um, that's not a small feat. You know, we'll do over 220 events as a company this year. Jesus Christ. So when you look at our events team, you know, Amanda, Samantha, you know, Kyle, Tim, those, you know, that, that team, they're just always on the road, always, you know, and then we get to come in and do the fun stuff, right? So I mean, they, <laughs> they, they've been there for a day, day and a half, getting everything set up, making sure everything's perfect. And then, you know, me or Danielle or Matt or whoever it be, maybe John Dudley on the outdoor side, we get to kind of come in and, you know, whether it be an event, a class, whatever, and, uh, and just make it work. So, I mean, it's, 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 it takes so much to be able to do what we do as a brand, but, um, it's everybody's having a great time doing it. Well, speaking of John Dudley, I know you got a shout out on uh, Joe Rogan too. That was yeah, yeah, that Jesus one's. Uh, I remember my uh, college roommate calls me up and he goes, uh, <laughs> "Hey, dude, I know you've done a lot of cool stuff in barbecue." He goes, "But you finally made it." And I go, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Have you listened to Rogan this yesterday yet?" I said, "No." Nah. I said, "I it wasn't posted by the time I got on my flight, so I didn't have a chance to." And so he's like, "Dude, go to the thirty-two minute mark of nine fifteen. and I'm like, "All right," and I'm like. Oh shit! Dude. Dude. And so what? I I I hadn't really noticed it, but then I went and looked at my Instagram. I picked up like twenty five hundred followers in twenty four hours. <laughs> dude, it's I yeah. Mean, the, the the Rogan effect is real. It, dude. It's no joke. <laughs> it's no joke. I mean, he's I I listen to his podcast. Yeah. every every single one of them. Oh, dude, you I'm talk a about yeah. Huge fan of of what he. How does can a guy know so much about everything? And he's never a know it all. Like he's Ever. always learning from every guest. But like his breadth and depth of knowledge is like. I mean, he, he, he's got to be some sort of genius level. I mean, just, just the amount of stuff that he knows. But still, anybody I've ever talked to that interacts with him says there could not be a nicer, more down-to-earth guy. Yeah, and he's always telling, saying how he's not smart, but he's just like a parrot and can can remember what people say. And I'm like, no, that, <laughs> that you're you're brilliant, dude. Yeah. You're, it's, uh, what's, what's good about him is that he bridges a lot of people. And I, and oh, I, absolutely. I, I feel 
on a, on a micro level, I try to do the same thing where it's, you know, I don't care if you're black or if you're white, I don't care if you're what religion you are or whatever. And, you know, if, if you're a Democrat or Republican or whatever you want to label yourself as, well, first off, get rid of your fucking labels, right? Let's yeah. all just come together. Yeah. Um, but it's that bridge where you can kind of talk and you can see other people's points. A lot of people get so stuck and just like, oh, I'm totally over here. And I, yeah. And yep. I'm, I'm not fucking moving and I'm not moving. Well, you know, no one's, no one's going to do anything, but yeah, no, he's definitely opened my eyes on different uh, subjects that I'm like, actually, I thought differently about that. Now it's actually kind of making me think, you know, I, I was probably wrong yeah. and, and knowing that you're wrong is, is kind of vulnerable to, to accept that. But it's like, man, that's, I'm okay with being wrong yeah. on that part. Makes you a better person. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, the, the cool one I, I posted on my Instagram account a couple months ago, he, he was talking to Dudley and he said, uh, yeah, man, I've been cooking my elk that uh, Chad Ward method, you know, that reverse sear. And I went, oh, dude, now that's – so I sent that over to my buddy. And I was like, hey, can we grab that 10-second sound clip? I really need to post that. That's fucking <laughs> rad. But uh, let's talk about reverse searing. Yeah. Um, actually, by the way, Joe's actually cooking on a Timberline 1300 now. Nice. He, he got some, him off of his Yoder. Yeah, was he, on, he was, yeah, like he was a Yoder guy. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, yeah, he was – He was. We gotta, I, gotta give, I, I didn't do it, Dudley. Dudley gets all the credit for that, but uh, and, and John's been a great ambassador for us on the outdoor side. Fuck yeah, you know he's you know he he's just so tops in his game as far as an uh, you know a professional outdoorsman and an archer and archery's dude has insane. a oh man I he, I met him the first week I came on as an employee. They're like uh, Tyler Stark, who kind of runs our whole community outreach. He's like, hey man, I got this guy that's on the outdoor team. Um, he's gonna be like an hour and a half away from you, and he wants to cook a hog on a thirty-four. So literally, it was like putting in an order. Like the next day, I'm talking to Dudley, and he's like, "So what do you need?" I'm like, "Oh man, we probably need like a 65 pounder on hoof. Like we can take the head off, and it'll fit on there." And he's like, "All right, that's what I'll go find." Right. Two, that's what I'll go find. Yeah. Two, two hours later, he sends me a picture of this. He goes, "It's a little under. It's 63 and a half, and oh like, on the God. scale." And I'm like, "But uh, just and just an amazing guy, and you know." I've, I've learned a lot from John from, you know, being his friend, but also watching what he's done with his knock-on brand and how he releases products and where does he get his inspiration for what products his community needs. And some of that stuff is uh, is really, really cool to me. So, yeah, that's how I met John was we were shook hands and cooked up a hog on a Pro 34. But uh, he, he's so good about what he um, really just, you know, so many of these people get caught up on the, the hunting and really i look at more of these guys like rogan like dudley they're they're not they're hunters but they're truly harvesters right because they're gonna go maximize every piece of that animal to feed their family their friends you know some of these big game hunts over in over in you know third world countries that food feeds not a village villages yeah you know what i mean that money that people use to go out there help sustain that their absolutely yeah so to to me you know i've got to learn a lot about the the whole hunting side of the world um, through these kind of friendships and uh, partnerships at Traeger. And it's, it's really been an eye opener for me. Yeah. One of their friends is Steve Ranella and I, yeah. you know, big fan of his and meat eater. I don't know if you've ever watched yep. that, but um, yeah, it's uh, great to see when people get so caught up about, you know, hunting and, you know, I'm a, a avid hunter and just educating them on yeah. what we do about sustainable hunting. Like yeah. I'm not out there just fucking shooting everything and yeah, drinking yeah. beer and throwing cans up and, and, and being wild. It's really about sustainability. And, you know, I harvest moose and we'll put it in the freezer and my kids eat it and it's the best thing for them. And we're not wasting stuff. And two, three years ago when we got a moose, we, um, the quarters, there was a town called Toke, Alaska, where we got it. 
Um, it was about a week away from getting landlocked from their winter. They didn't have enough moose meat, so I gave them my two rounds and gave them, you know, 60 pounds of meat for them to have. And use. I mean, they were so thankful. Every time I go back there now, they all oh. like, like, like the whole village of like eight people comes out. They're, they're, yeah. they're so happy to like, for sure, to see you. And, you know, but it's those things. You're always making sure you're using all the meat. You're doing things right. Um, I, I talked about it on this podcast before, but there was a time where I had a Boone and Crockett uh, moose in my sight at about 500 yards. And I couldn't get him to turn fucking broadside. And he was with a, with a cow. And I wanted nothing more than to take that shot. But I knew I didn't have a good enough shot to drop yep. him right away. And it wasn't correct to yep. take that shot. And I'm telling you, it still it still gets me every every yeah. time I think about it. Because it's like that would have been a top five Boone and Crockett in Alaska. That's huge. Yeah. I, mean, I measured oh, yeah. his, his uh, antlers. and uh, But that's what you have to do. Yeah. You have to make sure that you're doing it the right way. The last thing I want to do is injure an animal and have him walking around. Yeah. With a with a wound yeah, and and, and just being suffering, you know the humane thing is to be able to drop him with a double lung shot and he's he's doesn't even know what happened. Yep, it, it's gone. So <clears throat> we we get a bad rap as hunters, but uh, we're actually probably the we probably love animals more than the, yeah. the average person. I would so, completely agree. Um, but with reverse searing, yeah. we'll get back to our our uh, reverse searing. Um, is Treger thinking about coming out with like a side box or anything, or have they? Any it's, research it's, and development on that? It's not anything that we, we've looked at. I mean, for us, really, wood pellet's a big deal. Uh-huh. Um, what what we're starting to see a lot of people do with uh, this new product we just came out with called the Ranger. It's uh, it's built for the outdoor portable grill industry, but a lot of barbecue folks are buying it, and they're using that as their, because it'll get up 500 degrees. Oh, really? You can get it piping hot, and it's a great little, you know, for that final sear step. Um, so we're seeing a lot of people do that. You know, the product was just released a couple weeks or two weeks ago. So, um, but it's the first thing a lot of the guys have done yeah. with it. Um, but it's also great. It comes with a cast iron grate too. So like if you want to make breakfast in the morning, you know, you get your cast iron skillet already built into the, the grill. So it makes it really nice that way. And if you want to barbecue or smoke, you just pull that out, put the traditional grate back in and boom, you're off to the races, throw it in the back of your truck. It's a, it's a pretty sweet little, little cooker. What's your favorite thing to reverse here? Um, dude, I think it just gets back to two inch ribeye, man. Yeah. Like, keep it simple, you know, nice, well marbled ribeye, yeah. uh, 225 degrees for about 45 minutes to an hour. Uh, two inch, probably about an hour, hour and 15. I usually go for about 115 in the middle, uh-huh. and then uh, 500 degrees, about two, two and a half minutes each side till it hits for me 128 to 130. Yeah, still mowing, yeah, a little bit, yeah, and then you get a little a couple of degrees carryover cook. So, usually by the time I'm slicing into it, it's 135. One, 133, 134, yeah. <clears throat> that's, that's, we talk about doing the reverse here. We do a lot with tri tip. Oh, yeah. Um, but some of the best steak I've ever had is a reverse here, two inch th- thick ribeye. Yep. You know, it's, it's, there's not much better in the world well, than well, having it done right. It, you know, and, and people, you know, when, when I talk to them in class about it, I always say, hey, have you ever had that steak <clears throat> where you cut into it and it's got that gray ring all the way around it? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, cool that's all the cellular structure you destroyed when you took that cold <laughs> piece of meat and threw it on a 500 600 degree fire right. people are like whoa really and i'm like yeah, believe it or not that actually changes the flavor of it you know it's and uh and then once you let them taste the reverse here not many people go back to four minutes each side you know what i mean what's uh what product are you using right now like what if you had a go-to and you said okay i'm, I'm just gonna cook for myself but i want my 
ribeye to be the best ribeye I can get? Are you doing like a Snake River? Are you going to do like a Wagyu? Uh, I mean, I mean the the you know, the ribeye is so rich. Like I can get away with you know prime, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I mean, there's nothing better than a Snake River Farms tomahawk on a special event. I mean, right? Come on, dude. You know, yeah, we we. Uh, we're huge proponents of, of that. We have an Akaushi program that we use, which is a red-hided Wagyu. Yeah. And, um, they're absolutely phenomenal. I cooked one of those last year. Me and Anella got crossed up on the shipment to get some briskets down to uh, Tito's for an event we do down there every October. And so I ended that up... That must uh, suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big Tito's fan. Yeah. Um, so I, I couldn't get a, a Snake River in time, so I ended up finding... One of those, Akaushi. Uh, uh, Akaushi. Oh yeah. my god, dude! It's an impressive brisket, man. Oh, they, they were they were delicious. Yeah, yeah. I was I was really impressed. That's the brisket we use here. No. So when we cook brisket, we only cook briskets uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh-huh. <coughs> and we use the Akaushi briskets. Oh. It's just man, it's uh, people are getting a treat then, man. That's, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a that's a nice piece of beef. It's good stuff. We're again learning how to cook it to yep. make sure that your temperatures because it does cook a lot faster. Yeah, and that's and that's a couple things for the listeners too. It cooks faster. But it also requires a little highest higher finish temperature, yep. because you've got all that marbling that has to break down. I, I always tell the story: the first way you brisket ever cooked Snake River, I cooked it just like I would cook a choice, and uh, pulled that baby off like one ninety eight. Really wasn't cooking to, to tenderness back then, right? And uh, dude, I opened it up and I, I, I sliced it and I took a little piece off the end, and I'm like, dude, this tastes like tastes like beef fat, you know, like and I. And I Remember, I kind of looked at the brisket and I see, you know, all these white striations of fat that haven't rendered. And I'm like, oh, dude. So I wrapped it back up. You know, I think I called Rub. And Rub's like, I ain't cooked all that expensive stuff. You can figure it out on your own. <laughs> and uh, I cooked it another eight degrees, you know, probably got it up to that 207, 208. Right. And, uh, dude, it was money. Yeah. And, I mean, I tell the story, too, that, you know, I had a brisket that when you really start cooking to, to feel, it's a lot different game. Like, I, I I won a contest with a brisket that went all the way to two seventeen internal, but it just it he, didn't he it, did, it. it didn't break. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it, and I'm I'm sitting there going, well, one is it going to get done before turn-in time, and two, it's maybe the driest piece of meat ever. And man, when I let it rest and sliced it, I mean, it was it was on the money. So I mean, it's just kind of learning that feel and and getting comfortable with it. Yeah, we we've had briskets that I, I I'm not kidding you have been done around like one ninety three, and we have had briskets that'll go all the way up to. To 215 and yeah, it's the same yeah. concept and it's you have no animals the same no you have to let them do their thing and you can't you don't know what he's doing how much he's walking and how much he's using his muscle just yeah just trust yourself and once you can do that but that comes with experience you can't you can't uh, teach anybody that you no. have to just go out and do it get yeah. off your ass just know that you're gonna mess a few up and, and, and the way i always say to guys is you know one of the biggest investments you should make after a traeger is uh, <laughs> is a, a food saver you know, I mean, I mean that way. You know, hey, if you got if you got that that grill running, try a couple things, man. You know, I mean, that to me, the a super easy tip is, I'll take um, you know, if I do a big cook, you know, I'll break it down into one pound packs. You know, depending on the size of your family, you know, between a pound or two pounds, um, vacuum seal it. What I'll usually do is I'll, I'll cook it that day, kind of slice it up or pull it, whatever. I'll let it sit in the fridge overnight, so it kind of reabsorbs all those juices. Plus, it makes it easier to vacuum pack, and then uh, boom, I just vacuum pack it up. You've had a long day at work. You forgot to take it out of the freezer. Boiling water. Once it gets to a rolling boil, you put that one-pound pack in. It's usually 10 to 12 minutes. Use a pair of tongs to fish it out of that boiling water. Cut it open. And, and I'll tell you what, I think it's more flavorful 
that way there's something about that vacuum process that makes the smoke just a little bit deeper mm-hmm. um that i i love it that way so that's a great way to be able to man i don't want to test cook because i don't want to eat brisket again well dude test cook it taste it figure it out slice the rest of it up and you know yeah you people can love it as christmas presents too believe uh, it or not <laughs> we put them in uh like beans or you can put them in yeah. different things and yep. you know chili it, yeah absolutely yeah <clears throat> so you, you're never really wasting it you can there's always an out for it you know we were uh you know, big proponents of, of doing that. Our our beans that we do here, we do you know put our smoke pulled pork. Yeah, and you know, all those little things are, are important to to try and, and you know play with it, have fun with it. And for you folks to get out here to Valley Farm Market, you got to get the magic beans. <laughs> like we'll post a, I'll post a picture of what my, I don't think I've ever had a rider to come on a podcast, but I was like, all right, I will be more than happy to come on, but here's a couple of things I'm going to need before we get started. <laughs> and it's only because it's so good. You know, I get to travel all over the place, eat at a lot of cool places, but those beans, that poking, that tri-tip are just memorable. I remember it from my last trip here. I'll remember it till I come back the next time. So oh, I, I appreciate no, that. Man. You guys are doing great stuff here and, you know, do things obviously that, you know, I always feel like part of the family when I show up here, man, you guys well, hospitality. You, second you are. Year. You are so you know we just we're grateful that you took the time to come out here and shoot this shit with us and you know it means a lot. I know you're you're a busy man and we'll get out to Florida. Yeah, for sure, uh, man. And at all these events that are are going to be coming up. Um, and dude, and we stay active out here, man. You know, Rory Taylor. Our, Rory's our, great, dude. Our guy that runs the West Coast for Traeger. I mean, Rory's a hustler, man. He he loves our customers, loves our dealers, and uh, his team's great. And you know, I've, I've been out here a few times now this year. And uh, just his team and, and the way the brand's growing out here in California specifically, man, is uh, is really cool. And, and while it's happening on the barbecue front, I mean, you start talking to a lot of these, you know, watermen like Dwayne Diego and those guys. And, you know, they're all taking that fresh catch. And, I mean, like, literally last night it was great to have Yellowtail freshly caught that day. They brought it back to us, ready, you know, butchered up, ready to go. We had a little bit of uh, Traeger chicken rub to it and threw it on and, you know. 35 minutes later, dude, we had a hell of a meal. No, it's definitely a movement out here for sure. Yeah. You know, and uh, <clears throat> we're, we're getting that. We're getting Getty is a big movement right now where people are, are doing the coolers. And, and we're just happy to kind of be in a, be a part of it and, and uh, making sure that. And you're in the middle of it, right? You'll sell them all the stuff to put on the triggers and in the coolers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then we'll uh, we'll have to get you out. We have our Del Mar KCBS event. So Sean and I throw our amateur event. So it kind of helps people that are scared to get into the professional event. Yep. It gives them something to kind of shoot for. Then we have our Turf and Surf Barbecue event in Del Mar. It's our third annual one. Um, we're excited about that, August 19th. So if you can't make it out this year, we'll uh, get your ass out here next no, year. No, I would and, love to and, next year. I'm actually going to do nine nine days in Mexico around that time. I'm actually scheduled some vacation you. time. So that Where are you going? Good. Uh, Cancun, one of the all-inclusives there. Fuck yeah. We went last year. had a great... Like, I grew up as a cruise ship kid because, okay. you know, being in Florida, you know, you could... So I want to say went on like 20, 22 cruises in my life and went on our uh, first all-inclusive last year and it was like, whoa. We... we and did. that's one of those, dude. It's kind of like the Primer Wagyu. Like, pay for the upgrade. Like, pay for the nicer resort. Like, you, even if it, you know, takes you an extra month or so to save up for it, like... That's what you want to do, because when you do, man, it's first. Cause you're kind of spoiled at that point. There's no going back. Yeah, my wife and I, we didn't uh, – our vacation time was – she's from Indiana. Uh-huh. So it was always like going back to see her family. Yeah. And going back to see your family, God bless them. They're, they're great, but it's 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 a lot of work. Indiana's so it's beautiful like, that time of year. Yeah, right? But everyone everyone's like, I want you to come over here. I want you to go over yeah. here. I want to see the grandkids. I want to do this. And, and you're it's like, like, God, we never had vacation. Holy, right. And then uh, we went to Jamaica to a Sandals Resort, mm-hmm. an all-inclusive. And we paid the extra money for the nice room and everything. Yeah. It was like, 
holy fuck, this is what a vacation is. You can do as much or as little as you want to. I would wake up and I'm like, I was like, well, what do you want to do today? I'm like, whatever. Like, I don't fucking know. This is great. At first it was hard because I was like, my phone with work. And yeah, like, yeah. I put it away. I'd go sit. I'd roll my fat ass into the pool, yeah. swim up and grab a beer, go back out. And then I'm like, oh, feel hungry. Go eat. Like, yeah. Whatever it is, it was like. Take a nap. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome, man. It? Yeah, no, the first thing, I, I've gotten better about it because I'm kind of like you, man. I always want to stay connected. When when I do that, I give myself an hour a day, and I, I either pick it in the morning or in the evening, whatever. You know, but the other 23 hours, dude, that thing goes in the safe and, you know, unlock it for the next time. I mean, you, when, when you run really hard, you got to have those times where you just kind of shut it down and kind of recharge the batteries and go back at it. And I, I talk that really good game. I just need to. To do, do a better more. job of it, you know, but, but, uh, no, I'm, I'm definitely committed to this vacation. That's what I'm going to do because, yeah. uh, it's just beautiful out there and it's just nice, like I said, to do as much or as little as you want. Yeah. I, we do a trip every year to my cabin in Alaska mm-hmm. and it's, uh, the first two days are rough because I don't have my phone. Mm-hmm. And then being out, we take a backpack on 14 days with, tents and go for our moose hunt yeah and it's um i've never felt more alive than i do when i'm out there whether it's going and chopping down wood tending to the fire whatever we have going on making food hunting very primal we're getting low bush cranberries and blueberries and picking them for the pancakes in the morning every little thing that but i get to escape Yep. All this uh, instant you know gratification everything's so instant here out there it's not but it's man there's something about that It, it just if you, you didn't worry about not getting enough likes in the first hour on the picture you posted? <laughs> right. Yeah. So It's uh, it's not really a big deal when you're trying to find wood to stay warm at night. Yeah. I think everyone that's <laughs> like Chatterai that's, you know, go, go, go. I think it's important to make sure you can decompress a little bit. And yeah. Go do those things. But, Chad, thank you again so much for coming out. We, uh, we're we going to continue eating here. And for all the listeners, thank you. Um, we're going to give a social shout-out to uh, – Derek Dawson, um, one of our good friends who is always just doing an amazing job helping us out with uh, Behind the Smoke. He's also put together a Behind the Smoke um, group where we go out and we try food for the different places for the people that we have on the podcast. Derek was the one that headed that. Um, he's got a new smoker now. He's smoking all the time coming in. He just had some Snake River Farm stuff that he was was cooking up. But Derek, we appreciate you. Thank you. Um I mean, I'm sure you already have a mug, but we'll we'll give you another mug and some some hat and some gear. But and to all of our listeners, man, I know Sean's not here today, but um, we miss him a lot. But uh, thank you guys for all that you do. We uh, we can't tell you how humbled we are by the responses that we get and by everyone reaching out. And if there's anything that we can ever do, um, please let us know. What what? How can people get a hold of you? I'll tell you what. Um, you can reach out to me anytime on Instagram, Whiskey Mint BBQ. And um, I kind of feel if you take 10 seconds to send me a message, regardless of how busy I am, I can take 10 seconds to reply back. So um, if you don't hear back from me for some reason, bump it up to the top of my inbox, and I promise you I'll get back with you. But, yeah, you can follow us there. And then, obviously, at the uh, the, the store, whiskeybitbbqsupply.com. And uh, then, obviously, Traeger. You can go to TraegerGrills.com and check it out there. And then, obviously, follow us on social media. I mean, between the – we've got five accounts on Instagram. You know, um, three of them are the, the markets that we – we actively market too, which is Traeger BBQ, Traeger Outdoors, Traeger Culinary. Our recipes released every day on Traeger recipes. And one then, new recipe every day. That's one new recipe every rad. day. Yeah, and our database on the on the on the website at Traeger Grills is like 
1,300 recipes right now. So, nice. I mean, if you can think about it, we probably got one out there that's that's ready for you. Um, so, yeah, so just keep following us. we got a lot of fun stuff in the works. And uh, appreciate everybody's support. We wouldn't be here uh, without all the people that are supportive of the brand. So thank you for what you guys do. Happy Fourth of July, guys. Hey guys, this is Sean and Derek, and we just really want to thank you for listening to the podcast. It means the world to us. We'd like you to go check out BehindTheSmokeMedia.com. That's our website where we have barbecue resources for you to help build your barbecue business. Uh, We also have events listed, so anything that's happening in the West Coast barbecue movement, uh, anything that's going on, we want you to go check that out so you can learn more and get involved. We also have show notes uh, from all the episodes. So anything we talked about in the episodes, you can find detailed show notes there. Um, Plus, you can just get in touch with us. It's important that uh, we're here as a resource for you. So please reach out. Let us know how Derek and I can help you with your barbecue journey. Uh, Get involved. Stay curious. And uh, follow us on social at Barbecue War Stories. Uh, We'll talk to you soon.